I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and brain health expert, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast, the podcast for working moms who are feeling stressed out and overwhelmed trying to do it all. As a working mom with big career dreams, I know what it's like to not have enough time in the day and to lack the skills and confidence to reach your goals. I have spent years understanding how our brains work and learning what holds us back from having the courage to reach our dreams. Each week, I'll be sharing practical strategies to help you find more time in your day, build your confidence, fight back against mom guilt, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. Hello, and welcome to the Bold Life Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about how your brain learns and why those biological memory systems can either help you reach your goals or hold you back from success. Stick around to the end of the episode and I'll share one strategy to move your brain towards success. Okay, let's dive in. I want to start today by sharing the story of an amazing case study of a patient named Henry Malaison. He's referred to as patient HM in the literature before his death a few years ago. You might have heard me talk before about how when I started university, I really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Then by chance, I happened to take this class called Introduction to Neuropsychology, which changed my life. In this class, the instructor would share every week these stories of all the weird and wonderful ways things can go wrong in your brain and how our brains really work. And one of the stories that totally captivated me in this class was the story of patient HM. Stick with me here. Henry's story is the stuff that movies are made of. Actually, if you've ever seen 51st Dates, Henry was a little bit like 10 Second Tom in real life. Henry's story changed the way we understand the brain and memory. So here's the story of Henry Malaison, or patient HM. Henry was a young man who had uncontrollable seizures from a young age. His doctors tried everything they had available to him at the time. Lots of different medications to try and treat his seizures, but nothing really worked. He was having seizures so often, and they were so severe, they were really limiting his life and his health, uh, putting him at risk and limiting what he could do going forward. As a last-ditch effort, his medical team decided to try this new procedure called a bilateral temporal lobectomy. What this means is that they removed what's called the temporal lobes from both sides of his brain. Just like they sound, your temporal lobes are right around your temples. So this surgery for Henry happened back in the 1950s. So that's 70 years ago. We've learned a lot about the brain since then, and we don't do this surgery anymore because of what we learned from Henry. So in terms of Henry's seizures, the surgery was a success. His seizures were happening way less frequently, which was awesome. But, of course, there's a but, or I wouldn't be talking about this story. After his surgery, Henry was unable to remember new events. Anything that happened after his surgery, he couldn't remember it happening. He remembered things that happened before his surgery, current events, things throughout his life. He was able to remember most of that from before his surgery. But for him, it was always 1953 before his surgery happened. Like I said, if you've ever seen the movie 50 First Dates with Adam Sandler, Henry was a bit like 10 Second Tom, kind of out of sight, out of mind, and Henry would forget. For example, he spent almost 50 years 
working with a brilliant Canadian named Dr. Brenda Milner, who is actually a pioneer in neuropsychology. Now, Dr. Milner is one of my personal heroes for many reasons. She was one of the first to study neuropsychology and be interested in how changes in the brain, like cutting out big chunks of the brain, might impact our behavior. And she was also one of the only women in her field at the time. I saw her present a few years ago, and she showed pictures of her time working with Henry, surrounded by everyone else was male. All her colleagues were men. Not surprised, based on how well she spoke at this event, that she could hold her own in this environment. She's truly a remarkable woman. And just as a side note, she's currently 102 years old, and she still is part of an active research team at McGill University. Pretty remarkable. Anyway, back to Henry. I digress. (laughs) So like I said, they take out his bilateral temporal lobes, his seizures get better, but Henry can't remember anything. He worked with Dr. Milner for 50 years and never once remembered having met her. Each time she came to see him, he introduced himself again as if they had never met. But here's the really interesting part of Henry's case. Dr. Milner had him do a number of different puzzles and tasks each time she came to see him. Even though Henry never remembered her or doing the tasks, his performance got better better on some of these tasks over time. His performance improved without any memory of actually doing the tasks. He would always say, no, I don't remember having seen this task before. He didn't even remember Dr. Milner. But over time, he got better and better, faster and faster and more efficient. Henry was still learning without the parts of the brain that we know are needed to encode most memories. He couldn't remember the year or who was president, but he got better on these tasks. What we learned from studying Henry is that there are different types of memory. One type is called explicit or declarative memory, and that's the memory for things you consciously process, like events, Henry meeting Dr. Milner, the date. He couldn't remember those things anymore. But another type of memory is called implicit or non-declarative memory. And this is memory we learn through actions and behaviors that's not part of our conscious awareness, not something we're actively trying to learn, like these tasks that Henry was getting better on. Pretty cool, right? It's really interesting that our brains are able to learn in these different ways. But you're probably thinking, okay, Nicole, why is this important? Super cool and interesting. Henry's case is amazing. But what does this have to do with me? When it comes to success and reaching our goals, we can use these different aspects of memory to our advantage. Henry's case taught us that our brains are learning all the time, even if we aren't paying attention. Sometimes this can be good. In cases like Henry, he's learning new skills without even being aware of it. But, of course there's a but, this can also work against us. If you're practicing the wrong things, those bad habits are going to prevent you from succeeding. Your brain is learning each time you do one of those bad habits. That habit's going to get stronger. It's going to get learned by your brain and ingrained in your brain, sometimes without you even noticing. Let me walk you through an example. Say the first thing you do every morning is roll over, hit your alarm, grab your phone, start scrolling through social media or checking emails your brain is going to pick up pretty quick on this new habit. And soon, it will always be the first thing you do, even before going to use the washroom for a lot of us. We're grabbing our phones, checking our emails. This bad habit 
is happening, often without us even being aware. And we know that social media, our phones, are designed to suck us in, to keep us on those apps. So what happens is we're starting our day wasting time, energy, and not necessarily starting your day off on a positive note. When you're starting the day reading news or emails, it's really putting your brain on the defense. You're immediately trying to respond. You're starting to think about how you would answer these emails, stressful things that you might see on social or in the news. It's kind of starting your day on the wrong foot. And your brain is really learning this habit of scrolling through social and email for maybe half an hour, an hour every morning. So we just do it without thinking. You get up, you grab your phone, you start checking your messages. Unfortunately, this habit is wasting time and mental resources. What could you do with an extra hour in your day, right? Here's another bad habit that's really easy to slip into. You come home from a long day, you swing by the fridge to grab something tasty, but maybe less than healthy, and you flop on the couch. Pretty soon, your brain has learned, this is what I do when I come home. I come home, I sit on the couch, I spend most of my evening sitting there which means that you're not doing the things that might move you in the direction of your goals. Maybe you're not prioritizing your health or making that small step forwards in your career or spending time with your family, whatever it is that you'd rather be doing. Your brain is really quickly going to get into this habit of coming home and flopping on the couch and sitting there for most of the evening. And this learning doesn't just include our actions. Our patterns of thinking, even the words that we use, can become learned mental habits without us even being aware. Here's one I talked about back in episode 25. What's your brain's default response to pressure? Are you a chicken little, sky is falling type, worrying about the worst case scenarios? Or are you an ostrich wanting to bury your head in the sand and wish these things weren't happening? Those quick responses become your brain's automatic reaction to pressure, to stress. Remember, our brains want to be efficient. They've developed these quick ways of learning and these habits to make life easier. But some of those habits and those learned reactions can hold us back, often without us even noticing. Because of our brain's hardwired learning systems, it's easy for us to learn these bad habits without even being aware of it. And those bad habits can hold us back keep us stuck. And so year after year, we're making the same New Year's resolutions, and then we're frustrated 12 months later when we're right back where we started. Here's the good news. Your brain can unlearn these habits. Remember, your brain is actually a master at learning. It has multiple systems designed to help you learn and grow, and you can use that to your advantage. How do you do that? Take some work and some effort. To choose the action that's going to move you towards good habits, the life you want, rather than to fall into that default habit of sitting on the couch when you get home. Maybe you go for a walk instead. Instead of wasting half an hour scrolling through social in the morning, maybe you get up and do some quick stretching or listen to a podcast or a book on tape. These small changes in our behavior will really build over time. Think about that idea of a snowball effect. Each time you do these small actions, your brain is going to learn that response. It's going to learn that, no, I don't get up in the morning and check my social. I do this other thing that I'd rather do instead to get me started off on the right foot. The more you practice, the faster your brain will learn these new habits. 
the faster you start moving in the direction you want to go towards a happier, healthier, more successful you. So here's my challenge to you this week. Grab a notebook and start keeping track of your habits, those default responses you do all day. Start with something as simple as how you spend your day. I want you to keep track of everything you do today. Write it down. Did you spend 10 minutes on Facebook here? Then you work on this project for 30 minutes. Then maybe you sat and chatted about the news with your colleagues for 10 minutes. Maybe you spent five minutes in the bathroom. Then it was back to working on a project for another hour. Try and account for all of your time throughout the day. Then at the end of the day, take a look at where you're spending time. Are there things that you're falling into automatically? those automatic patterns of responding, those default habits, those learned responses that you're doing without even noticing? Are you spending time on things without even realizing how long you're spending on them? You might be surprised through this exercise how much time these automatic habits, these default responses take up in your day. If you've ever wished for more time in the day, this exercise is a great place to start. It'll allow you to find those time sucks, those things that you're doing without even paying attention that are pulling time, pulling resources away for you. Knowing your brain's default habits, those patterns that we do without thinking, can help us prioritize what we really want to spend time on, where we want to go in our lives. Your unique personality style can also impact your chances of success. Check out my free quiz at drnicolebyers.com forward slash quiz to find your stress personality. Based on your unique style, you'll get personalized tips and strategies to reduce stress and overwhelm, build confidence, and even get more done in your day. Once again, that's drnicolebyers.com forward slash quiz. Okay, let's wrap it up. Today, we talked about how your brain is pretty amazing. It has many different memory systems that are designed to make your life easier and your thinking more automatic, but those patterns can also hold us back. Getting into default habits that keep us stuck, maybe aren't great for our health or well-being, and hold us back from our goals and success. Recognizing those habits is the first step in retraining your brain for success. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and this is the Bold Life Podcast. 